Hello. In the past few weeks, we have witnessed some very distressing scenes in the news, uh, on television, in social media. The killing of George Floyd by a police officer, an act of utter brutality, has been a catalyst. It's, it's shining a light on aspects of society that are very far removed from what we want society to look like. Uh, it's revealed some of what has been beneath the surface in, in society. It's exposed systemic racism. It's taken the lid off and, and we are seeing discord and hatred and factions and divisions and the overspilling of rage. Peaceful protests against the evil of racism are to be applauded. However, some have sadly degenerated into riots and both police officers and the public, a number of them, have been killed in the last couple of weeks. Social media has been used for good communication and education and I've certainly benefited. I've engaged a lot with articles and, and little videos and things. But it's also given voice to some very ugly venting. Some are putting out their irresponsible things, aggressive posts, you know, while others are reacting with thoughtless, inflammatory and damaging comments, evidently typed with two thumbs uh, in a few seconds and sent without any real consideration for the potential damage that their words could have. Of course, there's a lot of respectful disagreement out there, which is being well handled. But I'm shocked at how ready some are to stir up and inflame divisions and factions and discord and rage and hatred. All five of those words are mentioned in the Bible passage that we're going to be looking at in a minute. The events in the news in these last three weeks have left many of us asking, uh, how can society be better? How can it change? A more important question which I have been personally asking is, how can I be different? How can I be better? How can I change? I've been examining my own heart. I've been thinking about my own attitudes and blind spots and, uh, and words or actions which, which have been insensitive, perhaps unknowingly, but insensitive to the trauma that my black and brown brothers and sisters have for so many years experienced. I want the world to be different. I also want to be different myself. I want to learn, I want to listen, I want to, to change. And I'm sure that I speak for many of you who are watching today. The fact that many of the key books on anti-racism and, and the experience of black people went out of stock on Amazon really fast following the news of George Floyd's killing goes to show the extent of people's desires to learn and uh, to be engaged. The desire for change is not, of course, unique to the last three weeks. Uh, almost as soon as the government announced the lockdown, 12 weeks ago now, uh, magazines and newspapers and blogs and social media were publishing articles on how we might all use this time to, quote, become a better you. Articles were titled such as Six Productive Things to Do at Home During the Coronavirus Lockdown. Online learning, how to acquire new skills during lockdown. Self-isolating, now's the time to self-improve. 
I'm sure that many of us watching today have, have done just that. If we've had more time and, and we've perhaps uh, learned something new or we've invested uh, more time into something that we love, often uh, when we don't have the time to spend on it, we've not been able to do that. But others of you may be feeling just the very opposite, like you have less time than ever. Uh, you're perhaps balancing homeworking and learning how to do your job remotely, alongside perhaps you're homeschooling your children. And life in lockdown is hard enough without the pressure of adding something else into your schedule. Whatever your experience, life was, as we knew it has changed. And, and we all have an opportunity in this season to reflect and to, to ask questions like, what kind of life do I want to live? I'm assuming we all want to live the most fruitful lives that we can. And today we're beginning a series on just that, living a fruitful life. By looking at a passage in the book of Galatians, it follows immediately after a list of negative things which contain the words that I mentioned just now. And it begins with the word, but. We're in Galatians chapter 5, but, as it contrasts uh, from those other bad things, the fruit of the Spirit And it says this in verse 22, the fruit of the, it says, but first of all, the fruit of the spirit is different. It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which of these things, which of us doesn't want these kinds of things to describe us? being loving, being full of joy, being at peace, being patient, being kind and and good and faithful and and gentle. And who doesn't want self-control? In the coming weeks, we are going to be looking at each of the fruits in turn. But today I want to begin by looking at how we might shape our lives so that we can be fruitful in these kinds of ways. Today's passage comes from Paul's Clettered letter to the Galatians. Uh, He was writing to a church in in confusion really about what the Christian life is supposed to look like and Paul writes this letter to remind them and to correct some things and he goes on to compare the results of two different ways of living. One where we go our own way, uh, where we live based on our, our own ideas, our own desires, doing what we want to do really without restraint and the other where we go God's way a a way that produces fruit like those positive ones we've just seen in that verse and Paul talks about doing certain things which produce a corresponding outcome he says this if we turn over the page in chapter 6 and verse 7 people reap what they sow you reap what you sow when I was young I uh, had in the garden there was a very large vegetable patch uh, and uh, down the bottom there and from probably younger than but but certainly from the age of seven even long before I probably should have been entrusted with a full-size adult fork garden fork and and spade um, I had a patch of land as did my brothers and we would have to first of all dig the land so dig trenches the way my father insisted trenches were supposed to be dug so two full spade depths down and we'd get all the earth out, then we'd turn it all over, and then we'd put in some compost, and we'd get a sieve, and we'd sieve it all out, and get all the bits of stone out, and all the lumps, and that sort of thing, and then 
we would plant our seeds and we get these little packets with what looked like bits of grit in them tiny little seeds and uh, we knew there were radishes and lettuce and beetroots and carrots and we would then plant them put the soil over the top and then we'd water them and bit by bit little green shoots would appear each row being different from the others depending on what seeds have been sown and we didn't sow radish seeds and expect strawberries to grow we weren't surprised when lettuce seeds produced lettuces. So although what we sowed was different to what came up ultimately, nevertheless, it was according to its kind. You reap according to what you sow. And Paul talks about these two types of sowing. And he continues in verse 8. Those who sow to please their sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. Okay, the sinful nature is what we tend towards when we try to operate independently of God. When we do what we want to do without prioritising obedience to him and his design for our lives. And Paul is saying, if you live like that, if you invest in that kind of life, sow into that to please yourself, independent of God, you will reap destruction. And he describes some of that in verse 19, if we just go back. To chapter 5. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy and a few other things. And so when we live lives which are independent from God, what's the result? All sorts of destructive things, including the five words I mentioned at the beginning, hatred, discord, fits of rage, dissensions and factions. Things, sadly, that we are seeing right now in our broken world, highlighted in recent weeks. All of these things are opposite to the way that God has designed us to live. So how do we grow a life that looks different? If we continue reading verse 8 in chapter 6. Those who sow to please their sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. Those who sow to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. The Spirit is, of course, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus. And what does Paul mean here by eternal life? Paul uses the word eternal life And it's best understood as the kind of life that we can enjoy right now with God and into eternity. The word, I think, which really accurately describes it is abundant life. And Jesus is recorded in John 10.10 saying, I've come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Another translation, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. So Paul, in his use of the words, eternal life here is meaning that if we sow to please the spirit from the spirit we will reap sorry abundant life life in all the fullness that God intends for us and for Paul the results the fruit of that kind of life are as we have seen here in chapter 5 verse 22 are love and joy and peace and patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control. Now you're talking. A life full of that stuff sounds pretty good to me. 
But what does sowing to please the Spirit look like? So let's just go back to the gardening analogy. Every gardener knows that you need to pay attention to creating the optimum conditions for a plant to thrive and therefore fruit to grow. Some need lots of sunlight, some need to be put in the shade, some need regular watering, some just don't want very much, they just want a little occasionally. Some need certain types of soil, others need pruning at varying times in the year. Last summer I actually planted quite a lot of plants in our garden and they, each type came with its own label uh, describing the positions and conditions which would enable each plant to grow best. And so a lot of sorting out and where things went in borders uh, as I did that. And if you put the condition, get the conditions right, a plant can flourish. A fruit tree, for instance, doesn't strive and strain to produce fruit. Fruit isn't the result of special effort on the part of the tree. In the same way, we don't need to strive in this. But if we want the kind of life that Paul describes, we need to do what we can to create the optimal conditions for the fruits of the Spirit to grow. The fruits of the Spirit are really a spontaneous product from walking with God, paying attention to our relationship with God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus talks about this in John chapter 15 and uh, he's speaking to his disciples and he said, look, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me. We don't strive to produce fruit. Rather, we are to pay attention to doing the things which keep us closely connected to the Lord. That's really the optimal growing place, is where the branch is connected to the rootstock of a grapevine. As we do these things, as we put our efforts into practices which move us closer to him, fruit, good fruit, is a natural result. A few of you are watching uh, today and you are marathon runners. Some of you have gone out and run a half marathon even before watching this today. And you have my utmost respect, not because of your ability, but because of your tenacity, of, of your effort, the effort that you put into training. You know, you need to eat certain things. You need to refrain from certain things, the things that most of us want to eat. You need to do various exercise and spend hours in different forms of training. A lot of time and effort is regularly put into things that other than competing at the main event. Every athlete, as you know, starts far less able to do uh, what they're doing in terms of competing than they will become if they regularly put in the appropriate effort. Some of you will know that a few years ago I, I bought a punch bag and some boxing gloves and I engaged a personal boxing trainer and you know, I assure you, I never wanted to hit anybody and I never certainly wanted to be hit by anybody, but I enjoyed learning that new skill. And the first time I had a training session with him, he didn't push me very hard because I think he discerned, you know, this guy's not very fit. And uh, over the months, I, I, I practiced on my bag there and, and at home and, and I had sessions with him 
every couple of weeks. And initially I was just puffing and panting like, like I was about to die. And uh, the more I trained, though, the more fit I became, the more able I became to do what I was doing. And for a bit of fun early on, I, I timed how many times I could hit the bag in a minute. And uh, I was slow and I got puffed out really quickly and the minute being more than I could even keep going for. And and having the bag for several months, all those months later, I, I thought, I'll, I'll just time myself again. And I had a goal in mind, which I hit. I managed to hit that bag 300 times in a minute. That's That's five times a second for the whole minute. Now, if I had tried to do that without training to do that, there's simply no way it would have happened. And just like a marathon runner who hasn't trained, hasn't put the effort in along the way, but just tries to run 26.2 miles against the clock. So for us, trying to be a loving person, trying to be full of joy, trying to be patient, trying to be kind or gentle or faithful, trying to have self-control is not going to deliver the results that we're looking for. We can't be these things, do these things simply by trying. We grow in the fruits of the Spirit by training, not trying. Training in what are known as the spiritual disciplines, things we can put our effort into, which enable the fruit we want to grow, to grow. Indirect effort. Ways which have been tried and tested through history in which followers of Jesus have, have grown and live fruitful lives. And they include prayer and worship and uh, reading the Bible, solitude and silence, journaling, fasting, serving, uh, sacrificial giving and fellowship with other believers. And these are the primary ways where we can create the right conditions for fruit to be growing in our lives. If you're interested in reading more about this, I really would encourage you to. I'd recommend two books. One is A Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, in which he writes this. A farmer is helpless to grow grain. All he can do is provide the right conditions for the growing of grain. He cultivates the ground, he plants the seed, he waters the plants, and then natural forces of the earth take over and up comes the grain. This is the way it is with the spiritual disciplines. They are a way of sowing to the spirit. And the second book is this is the Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard. And he defines a discipline as, quotes, any activity within our power that we engage in to enable us to do what we cannot do by direct effort. We grow in the fruits of the Spirit by doing the things that encourage those fruits to grow. We, we become fruitful by indirect effort. So as many of you find yourselves in this time reflecting on uh, your life, as I am with my life, and asking what, what do we want the fruit of our lives to be, I'm sure that some of us will be thinking, I want to live a more fruitful life. I want to, more of that positive fruit that we've just read about. Maybe you're struggling with having your family at home all the time and you could do with a little bit more patience. 
Maybe you're really worried about your work situation or your loved one and you could do with some peace. Maybe you're feeling under pressure and your, your temper is getting frayed and in your interactions with others you would long for some, some gentleness and some more kindness and that you could be more loving. Maybe this situation is just getting you down and, and you could do with some more self-control. Whatever it is, I believe there's an invitation today for all of us to take steps in a positive direction. Not by trying harder. Okay? But by sowing in our relationship with God, finding ways to connect more closely with him through the spiritual disciplines. And maybe can I encourage you to choose, perhaps it's just one from that list of disciplines I've just referred to, which you, you might sense the Lord is highlighting to you. This is an area of growth. And maybe this week begin to invest more in that than you have previously in prayer worship reading the bible solitude and silence journaling fasting serving sacrificial giving fellowship with other believers <laughs>